Hello and welcome to the Wigtown Book Festival podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Hughes, and as it's September, that can only mean one thing. We're talking about this year's festival. Our very own operational director, Anne Barclay, and artistic director, Adrian Turpin, join us to tell us all about this year's online festival, just ahead of the official launch on Wednesday, 2nd September. Things will be a bit different this year, so we thought we'd take the opportunity to let you know how you can take part and what we'll be up to. One of the advantages, of course, of doing things digitally is the opportunity to team up with other festivals around the world. So I started off by asking Anne about Wigtown's involvement in the wonderful Reading is Magic Festival. I'm going to come to you first, if I may, Anne. You are actually in the actual lovely Wigtown. What view do you see? Where are you? I'm in the office this morning, Peggy. So I've got a beautiful view out across the square in Wigtown. So onto the bowling green and out to where our marquees normally sit during the festival. Goodness. And of course, even even though we can't be together in person in, in Wigtown this year, I know you guys have all been working your socks off to pull together a festival which is launching. That's what we're here for. And tell us about Reading is Magic and Wigtown's part in that. So we're really excited this year to be partnering with lots of other festivals from across the UK and from across the world to put together a programme, an education programme essentially for schools but also for families at home. Cressida Carroll who's the Children's Laureate is heading up the festival and it's six days of free events um, to engage schools and families. We have two events within the programme so we're delighted that the Bookshop Band will host an event and also Pamela book chart will be doing her new book Icthus was ridiculous as one of our sessions at festival as well. That's so exciting that it's all you know still like the kids in schools are still able to to be involved and get their festival fixed. How will that actually sort of technically play out and if, if there are schools listening to this as we speak how will they be able to access Pamela and the Bookshop Band? So schools can jump onto the readingismagicfestival.com website and they can sign up to receive all of the information. There's more than 25 events across the six days and they can access them all for free. They'll also have some downloads, so there's lots of extra resources there for schools and teachers to tap into as well. What does it mean for the festival to um, have this broader partnership with other festivals? How, how, how do you feel that sort of situates Wigtown within this brave new world, as it were? I think it's a fantastic opportunity for us and many of the other festivals to join together. It's not something that we would ever have imagined was possible before, but it gives much greater scope for a wider audience and to really bring the world to Wigtown. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it, to be to be partnering like Wigtown, partnering with Toronto, and, and you know, with 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 that global sort of sort of stage. It's really really exciting. Great. Well, listen, I think we will um, we'll get Adrian in at this stage and talk a wee bit more generally about the festival program at large. Adrian, come in. So here we are. What do you want to tell us about the amazing 2020, this very special and bizarre year? Uh, what have you produced for us? Morning, Peggy. Well, we've been we've been away sort of like everybody else this year trying to reinvent wheels and it makes you realise quite how much you're kind of stuck in your ways doing things when you have to do it in a, in a different way like this. And obviously, I think... I think as a general point about everybody going digital, and we've just come off the back of the marvelous Edinburgh Festival, hugely successful. But one of the, one of the issues for all of us is like, how do we how do we tell people who we are and why we're special? How how do we end up not being sort of what was that phrase that Theresa May used, citizens of nowhere, that we're just sort of banging banging it out from some kind of anonymous place? And and I think when we started this year, one of the things that we were really 
keen to do as we thought through it was was to really put the Wigtown in in the digital Wigtown Book Festival so that we were trying to really give a, a, a sense of a place and a, a flavour of of what Scotland's book towns really like rather than just sort of doing event after event after event not that there aren't lots of events I mean, I think that's a really interesting pl- place to, to kick off, Adrian, really. How, and how do, so specifically, how do you do that in this kind of digital platform? How do you kind of insert Wigtown and ensure that, that it's front and centre? Well, I think one of the key things has been actually, you know, Wigtown is a book town. So one of, one of the central things of this year's festival is going to be bookshops. And it's also going to be using the talent that we've got within the town. So, I mean, one little thing that we're doing is we'll be running a, we'll be running a digital showcase for booksellers uh, on, on the first week. Weekend. We've got little films every day. We've got made these beautiful little films made by Colin Tennant of um, lots of the bookshops in town that will be dropping in through the week. So you'll get a real flavour of the shelves and the places. We're going to be going out um, round and about. So we, we would be doing a salt marsh walk, which will be broadcasting or streaming. We'll be foraging down at the shore. And we're even going to be opening up the open book, our Airbnb bookshop, so that people can come and buy books digitally talk to the bookseller, check in, have a browse, all from the comfort of their living room. So that bookshop we're hoping will actually also be open for customers during part of that week. I think getting that sense of the visuals of Wigtown, getting a sense of the people. We've also got the bookshop band who will be running a um, chat show every morning. So every day is going to start with a 9.30 with a chat show and they'll have literary guests, a few of whom will actually be in Wigtown, but most of whom will be beamed in by the magic of technology. And just getting that sense of here's this real place that's working, you know, that, that, that's a kind of working town and that's a book town. And that's really central, that idea of the book town that's been there for 20 years and perhaps in some ways we you know i think maybe in some ways hasn't been exploited as much as it as it could be but we're going to be really emphasizing that this year lovely i want to return a little bit to that hint at hybridity uh, that you alluded to that that sense that some some people will be will be there in wigtown but a lot of it will be over technology what well, that, that's quite a, an interesting and playful area tell us a little bit more about how you've married that kind of you know the physical space well, um, I, I want to be clear that what, what we're not doing is really putting, we're not saying, oh, there'll be events that people can come to and encouraging people to come to Wigtown. Because I think, you know, the festival's the festival and it's about the kind of, you know, this, this you know, normal year is about this whole 200, 300 events and the, you know, the, the sort of chaos <laughs> that's the, um, and the serendipity of, of, of that happening. Um, and I think you might be disappointed if you turned up and saw that the town was a little bit quieter, just a little bit than, than usual. But what we are doing is, for example, we're setting up a studio in Wigtown uh, where we're hoping that we might have some of our volunteers, few of our volunteers, as a socially distanced audience who are there to, to just be there. We're, we're, we're going to bring some of the people who chair events, who host events down so that they're in town. And we think that, you know, one of the points about this is it's really to give it texture because I think otherwise you you can feel that you're working in in a void and and I think also being able to you know being able even for those people to talk and to to meet up is a really important thing and I think there's a little bit of atmosphere to be to be got from that I'm also really keen to I mean obviously one of the things that we're missing this year is normally we would have our volunteers this would be the time when our volunteers would be really really gearing up whether that was sort of looking at schedules for you know running venues or driving authors to and from railway stations and 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 although uh, they, they'll definitely be helping in lots of 
in lots of ways um there probably aren't as many opportunities for them to be be a part of a part of the production this year so we really want to get give them a feeling that they're in the kind of front row for for what's going on. Um, tell us, Adrian, a, a little bit more about the kind of meat of the programme then, if you would, just some specific events and some of the guests that you've got coming, uh, as it were, uh, to the festival this year. I mean, we're starting we're starting close to home in, in again in lots of ways. So we're starting with Sean Bissell's new book, uh, which is about customers in bookshops. So he's been doing his diary about running a bookshop in Wigtown for the last couple of years. But we get a real sneak preview on the first evening of um, his, his book, which is about his relationship relationship with customers and the specifically the seven types of customers that you find in in bookshops so I think everybody should be a little bit afraid about that and then the big launch event and, and I should say that this year we have we are launching on a Thursday which is a new thing normally we'd be launching on a on a Friday but we we spread that out a little bit partly because I think in a digital context that evening part of the evening becomes more important in when we're doing a kind of physical event we don't actually use the evening so much or we don't use it for big literary events normally because a lot of people don't like driving down country lanes <laughs> in the middle of the night in the dark in October but in this case that's that's not the case so the, the big event on that first night is a musical piece. It's called St Ninian, and it's about Scottish saints, including St Ninian, which, as you will probably know, is, I'm sure you'll know, Peggy, uh, St Ninian is a particularly local saint who came over from Ireland, and, and some people say introduced um, Christianity into Scotland. There's normally, a, there's normally a fight at that point between all the different uh, different adherents of, of, various, of, various local, of various saints. And that's, that is a piece that... Sandy McCall Smith wrote as a sort of song cycle years ago, never finished, and was finished during lockdown with the composer Tom Cunningham. So that's going to be a video piece with a live conversation around it. It's a world premiere of that, and and the delightful thing about that is it, it you know is, is bringing together somebody who's known throughout Britain, known throughout the world, you know, very well known author, but also that it's such a it's such a local event. It's got such a local feeling. Anybody who's been to the Maccas and gone down to gone down to near the Isle of Whithorn and seen St Ninian's Cave and you know and seen the Casa Candida, um, you know, it's it's a real it's a real um, story that's built into built into to local life. And then the the way that the days are going to be structured is that we're going to have 12.30 every day, we're going to have a thing called Working Lunch, which will be a slightly shorter event. And um, we've got people like um, Andrew Hagen taking part in that, Eunice Olamide, the, 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 the model and campaigner. And then 3.30 in the afternoon, we're going to be having a reading slot. So we'll be having readings from a variety of writers, 15-minute readings. That's something to have your tea with. And then I suppose in the evening, we've probably got the, the sort of generally speaking, not entirely, but generally speaking, we've got the larger names in the evening. So we've got, we're kicking off on the first weekend, we've got Alistair Campbell, we've got Maggie O'Farrell, the historian Charles Spencer, um, talking about the white ship, Gordon Carrera, the BBC's security correspondent, um, the wonderful Sue Black, who I, lots of people will have come to Sue's. Uh, event a couple of years ago when she was talking to Andy Andy Castle absolutely blew away um, probably the I largest love audience we've ever had for anything <laughs> she's just extraordinary oh, yeah. George Alagaya the wonderful Helen McDonald who came to Wigtown very early after she wrote H's for Hawk and she's back with her new collection of essays Vesper Flights um, we've got some wonderful fiction this year we've got Douglas Stewart who's on the book of shortlist with Shuggy Bay 
That's live from New York. We've got Cole McCann, also live from New York, coincidentally. Uh, also on the Booker shortlist, coincidentally. Um, Philip Hensher, uh, who's just written, well, not just written, just brought together his latest, The um, Golden Age of the British Short Story. And I think that's going to be a very pithy event. And Stuart Turton, um, I don't know, those, those of you who are fa- fans of um, The Seven Lives of um, Evelyn Hardcastle, this is the follow-up, and it's called The Devil in the Dark Water. It is as yarny and as twisty as the first one, except for that it's set, um, set on the high seas. It's a historical novel set on the high seas. It's absolutely wonderful. So I think it's going to be a real wig-term mix. And, and within that, there's also the kind of... We, we've tried to create the same kind of mix that we would have for, for the festival. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, quite a lot of... Quite a lot of nature writing, not just um, or writing about the natural world. I hate that word, nature writing. Writing about the natural world. So not just Helen. We've had Michael Longley, um, the wonderful Michael Longley, um, whose latest book is out. A little bit of poetry mixed in there. It's a real Wigtown mix. Mm. I, I note with relief, Adrian, that um, our, our, our rumour reaches me um, that such uh, classics as uh, The Lone Piper um, and the uh, Wigtown's Got Talent are featuring could you say more uh, i know that we turns got talent is a is a personal highlight for me and for many others i know so ah well you're half right peggy you're half right uh well maybe you're three quarters right so the lone, normally those those, those who know Wigtown will know that normally on a on the first evening one of the ways that we kick the festival off is that we have pipe band a wonderful pipe band and they meet in town square and they march and play all the way down to the local nursery where there's firework uh, there's a firework thing over the bay, and sometimes that's an amazing view over the bay, and sometimes it's a sort of it's a, depends on the weather, uh, but it's always good. Um, and this year, um, what we're going to do is we're going to have a lone piper instead um, because we we can't really organise mass gatherings, but we we felt we wanted to mark the fact that the pipers the pipers are the way that we normally start the festival, and this would be a kind of a way of doing that that would that would be honest to our usual our usual practice, but also show that you know perhaps perhaps we've got a slightly different atmosphere this year in terms of Wigton Scott Talent what we're going to do actually we're going to have Wigton Scott Talent the actual competition in the dog days of autumn um, so look out for that later in the year but we're going to launch it during the festival and we're also going to ask people to um, send in some of their acts and we're going to be putting that through our social media and I, and I have to say when we're looking at the digital festival it's partly about you know signing up to you know you're, you're, you're working your way through the program as you would on a normal festival signing up to events looking what's on later that day but one of the things that we've tried to do is make this a festival that you can engage with in lots of different ways so you can go into the events obviously we want lots and lots of people at the events but you can also be browsing it through the website you can be following it on social media we're going to have a really good social media following so you again with a flavor of it so we'll be dropping little you know be various little videos on social media there'll be a bit of live tweeting from events and i hope that it means that um you know there's not one way to watch it. And actually, quite a lot of it will also be available after the event. So um, there'll be a chance to kind of spread your festival out over a period. One of the reasons for stranding, you know, for, for having 
having the bookshop band or having a working lunch or, or the tea time events is that you can also choose to follow the festival like that. Your festival might just be going to see the bookshop band in the morning, but you can still have a coherent experience following I think that's that's really important and really really nice the idea that people can can access it wherever they are and on their on their terms it's really really good. Um I do want to bring Anne back in and just uh, Adrian mentioned a little while back about the the volunteers and of course for those that know the festival um they'll know that the volunteers are just at the very heart of things and and a huge part of it you know. So I just wanted to ask you how, how are they doing and what role will they be able to play this year? They're doing really well, Peggy. We've been keeping in uh, contact with them regularly through lockdown. Um, And like us, they are desperate for things to get back to some sort of normal. We miss them and and they miss us. They really are the lifeblood of the festival. And all year round, they volunteer in our shop and they keep us going. Um, They're an incredible group of people. So this year, um, we hope that they're going to be able to help in a variety of ways. So helping to promote the festival in advance, coming and being our very small uh, but and intimate live audience in our studio here in Wigtown. They don't have jobs to do like delivering programmes this year. Um, unfortunately, they won't be there won't be a box office for them to help in. But we want them to continue to be our really amazing cheerleaders and to keep them involved as much as we possibly can. Absolutely brilliant. I, I, they are some of the finest people. Uh, I've had so, we've had such lovely memories of being driven by various various people from from Lockerbie to Wigtown, and and so hello to hello to them all. I'm gl- I'm really glad they'll they'll be involved. And can you can you tell us a little bit more about um, just Wigtown just now? I mean, it's going to feel like a very different festival this year. But could you say a little bit? I mean, we're aware the bookshops have reopened. Uh, what's the what's the vibe in Wigtown just now? There's a really positive vibe in in Wigtown, Peggy. The bookshops have reopened. The cafes have reopened. Um, there's a lot of of people around. Lots of people doing staycation this year. So Wigtown's definitely benefiting from that. And what's really lovely is that it hasn't lost that sense of community and kindness. So. There's a really positive vibe. Obviously, there was a lot of concern over how many of the businesses would survive in the unknown period. But hopefully, um, with lots of people coming in and and spending their money at home, if you like, um, we will see through this year and uh, grow bigger and better in the years to come. Absolutely. That's a, a very, a very positive note. Uh, what I do want to ask Adrian and, and well, we'll go to Adrian. Adrian, um, so this programme is about to drop. How, where, when, how can people um, engage with it? The programme launch is going to drop on the evening of Wednesday, the 2nd of September, when we'll also be having a launch event at um, seven o'clock, which you can sign up to on our website. In terms of watching the festival, uh, it's going to be streamed on both our Facebook site and and via YouTube but principally you can you can go to the website and you can watch it and the, probably the best thing to do is to actually before that is to go and click on the events and sign up because then you'll get automatic reminders for whatever you've you've chosen to chosen to sign up to but, but actually you can just go to the site and and watch whatever's on there whatever ever time so it's really simple and accessible and on both on both Facebook and on YouTube, you'll be able to ask questions just as you would normally in the chat function. So you'll be able to type your questions and someone will collate those so that whoever's chairing the event will be able to put those 
put those to the authors. And, and the one other thing I should say is that with the, the beginning, with the launch of the festival, we're also launching the beginnings of a of a uh, fundraising campaign for the festival, particularly for this year's festival. So um, please, if you are coming to events, and we probably will keep asking, I'm, I'm sorry, please do consider um, if you can, and we're, we're aware that it's not been the best year financially for a lot of people, but if you can, please consider giving some money as you would in, in lieu of paying for a ticket, because all the events otherwise, all the events otherwise are free. Um, so please consider uh, making a donation so that we can, um, well, partly so that we can make sure that we're, you know, we, we're committed to paying writers fees. We're, we're committed to paying technicians fees, just as we would if we were producing um, a physical festival. But also we want to be in the best possible position for next year, which I think is potentially going to be a tougher year for organisations like ours than, than this one has been. Mm. And worth mentioning as well that you, people can buy the books, I presume, from the Festival Bookshop? Yes, the Festival Bookshop has had an upgrade. Uh, it's Festival Bookshop 2.0. All the books from the Festival, plus lots of the books from Number 11, our bookshop in Whitton, will be, be there. And again, by buying those, you're you're helping not just us but you're also obviously helping the authors and particularly by not buying them from certain large online um, conglomerates uh, the authors are getting more of the money and we're certainly getting more of the money so so every book you buy is also a way of supporting the festival so very much to look forward to at this year's festival it's going to be different but we really know that the magic of Wigtown is going to shine through in this brilliant collection of events that we'll be presenting. All will be available and revealed in full form on the website from Wednesday, so please, please do check that out, and we can't wait for you to join us. And meanwhile, don't forget, we're going to be back in your ears next week. So take care of yourselves. Bye for now.